All right, welcome everyone. Um, all right, obviously just recap of, you know, some of the things in the OU game, you know, from the rep, put that one behind us officially. You know, obviously we needed to, to play um, with, with great effort, probably above the top effort to compete in that game. And, and um, you know, we played with effort, but we didn't play with, with the over-the-top type effort. We needed to have a, you know, be great in the kicking game. We weren't great there. You know, we had a turnover in the kicking game, a lot of kickoff uh, to the 50. Need to play perfect gap control defense. Obviously, we did not do that. Um, you know, a lot of times, you know, you got to give OU credit for, for a lot of those. They were uh, they're very well coached and, and very uh, talented on the offensive line at tailback, and they made some of those gap issues uh, happen. Several times we didn't play very smart reading our keys and playing defense, and, and that was – um, you know, not obviously uh, we weren't ready to, to stop some of the things that they had out there. And then, you know, the weather obviously was a, a factor in the game for what we were able to do um, offensively and, and what they were um, forced them into do running. So that game is uh, behind us. We've moved on. Uh, we got a um, good start to this week, um, early Monday morning uh, with practice. And, uh, you know, the players have bounced back and was very proud of the way they showed up um, at 5.30 in the morning on Monday, ready to work. And they put in a great Monday morning and got us off to a great start for the uh, Sunflower Showdown, which, you know, obviously is a big game for everyone in the state of Kansas. Um, you know, a, a rivalry game between KU and K-State that, you know, is always a fun one to be a part of. You know, 111 times this game's taken place and you look back. So, obviously, a lot of history uh, between the two schools. Um, you know, for this year's matchup, obviously I have tremendous respect for what Coach Snyder and his staff um, have been able to do in, in Manhattan and with the way that that program is, uh, has success. You know, it's a challenging offense to defend. The quarterback's a, you know, he's one of those gamer-type players. He can throw the ball, can run the ball, uh, has a knack for making plays. And then, you know, the uh, wide receiver Lockett, I think, is one of the, the best in, the, in uh, college football. A fun guy to watch. Um, when you're not playing against them, um, really like the way that that kid plays, like the way he carries himself, like the, his skill set. Um, you know, uh, we're all pretty fortunate to be able to, to see him play. And then on defense, you know, Tom Hayes has done a nice job with that that defense of, of being able to, you know, keep those uh, um, keep the game in control. You know, they don't give up a lot of big plays. They uh, they play sound, solid defense. So tremendous uh, challenge this week, um, as always in the Big Twelve, and uh, we look forward to the to the rivalry game. So. Open it up for any questions. What is it about their offense that is so challenging? Well, you know, it, it's a few things. They, they've truly adapted um, the quarterback run game into their offense at a, at a, uh, a very creative uh, manner. You know, they do it in a lot of ways. You know, there's different ways to run the QB. You know, there's, there's a typical zone read. There's, you know, options or stuff like that. They use it in, in a way where it's designed quarterback run game. So instead of just taking the power play or, or the counter play or zone play, they all have the option of, of the QB carrying the ball uh, with all those blockings, which, as you know, when they, they put a 48 in the backfield, it creates a – the tailback actually becomes another blocker, creating one more gap in the line to, to create issues in their QB run game. Um, off of that, they, they have um, the run-pass conflict combined with it. So anytime he's running one of his – uh, QB run plays, which are already difficult to defend, they have an option to throw a pass off of it, whether it be a tight end pop, a fullback uh, a shoot route, or just a, a, play, a pass out to the wide receiver. So they've incorporated a lot of things in their offense that um, uh, that create gap issues for defenses, and and then also run pass conflicts for defenses. And then to top it off, you got number 16 out on the edge who. 
very dangerous guy. Was that the deal last year? It seemed like that tight end kept slipping behind you guys, and, and um, part of that conflict you're talking about is a result of that? Oh, absolutely. You know, the tight end caught one and the fullback caught one. Um, um, yeah, and, you know, they, they, they get them, you know, I think every game, you know, you see the guys there. I think West Virginia's, you know, they, they didn't get it to him to hit the QB before he could throw it. But, um, you know, it, it's a it's a, um, it's a well-designed play. It's tough to defend. And obviously uh, um, a lot of people have had problems with it. Well, you know, for you know, in, in the state of Kansas, it's you know, you're on one side or the other for the most part, and you grow up, you know, with with that mentality. You grow up with uh, your friends who are KU fans, and and you have your the, the people in the room who aren't KU fans that are K State fans. And throughout the years, you you know, you, you take shots at each other, and you you develop those uh those type of uh, situations with the people you know that, that that cheer for the other side. And so you know, it's just it's you know, as people say, the bragging rights uh, for it, but. You know, it's a for our program. It's a it's a game, you know, to where in in state, you know, we all kind of you know, fight for the same recruits. We all you know look for the same thing, so it gives us you know a leg up in a few areas. Do you have any special memories from when you were playing? Uh, yeah, you know, I do. There was there's been a few of them. You know, the '92 game was was such a a great game for us. You know, that's the game that. You know, playing DB, we might as well not even been there because, you know, Gilbert and Chris Mamalong and Kyle Moore and those guys were, were sacking the quarterback at an alarming rate. And, um, you know, being in the back end of that game was pretty boring. When you were uh, recruiting a Kansas kid, you asked right off the bat, asked the high school coach, is this, did this kid grow up in a K-State family or a KU family? No, actually, you do. I think you kind of do that with, with any kid. You know, you want to always, when you – or identifying players, identify, um, you know, where the loyalties may land and, and stand, you know, and it's uh, it's not always the case. I never forget, you know, pulling into Jake Sharp's house, um, you know, big Nebraska flag hanging in the garage and, and sort of looking like I might be wasting my time here a little bit, but unfortunately he was able to, to overcome his, uh, you know, childhood uh, uh, liking of, of the Cornhuskers and come here. So, yeah, you do ask, but, you know, I don't think that it always makes the final difference. You know, I think every kid's situation is different. Clint, was your family like that growing up? Was K-State ever an option for you or, or your brothers, or was it always K-State? No, we're, our family's pretty much always all KU. You know, my family's pretty much a Lawrence group, so, you know, um, it was, was always KU, and it was definitely never Missouri and, uh, and, and, and not much K-State. He is, you know, you talk about that and it's kind of his whole character. You know, he came here and had success young as a young player, as a wide receiver. And, uh, you know, we made the switch to move him to corner. And, you know, he, he could have probably taken that a few different ways. You know, a guy that's played and wide out his whole life and, and done well even at, you know, as a freshman here. He moved over, jumped right in, uh, started learning the techniques, learning the, the ins and outs of how to play corner. Uh, has you know he's had obviously has physical skills, but there's a lot lot beyond that that he had to learn and, and and master his craft. And he's taken pride in it. He's worked hard at it, and he's he's developed himself into um, you know a, a, a nice solid corner uh, that, that playing in the Big Twelve. And then you're right off the field. Um, he, he's a tremendous young man um, involved in in many you know outside activities, big brothers, and and, and different uh, uh, deals that he's always given his time to help others. Um, truly a special young man. Snyder mentioned yesterday that 
once upon a time, you, you actually, or he talked to you about a, about a job. Do you remember that conversation or, or when that took place? Yeah, it took place when I needed a job. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, no, it, it was. It was after that. After you know, we were let go with uh, Coach Mangino's staff at that time. You know, just you're, uh, you know, Christmas time and kids want presents, so you uh, you gotta have a job. So um, we did. No, all serious. No, I was very fortunate Coach, to have an opportunity to go over and visit with Coach Snyder about a um, a position on their staff. Um, you know, and and had spent some time over there and had a great talk with him, great interview, so to speak. Um, um, you know, his attention to detail and everything he does was evident in, in that interview process and, and um, you know, learned a lot just even going through that interview. I've always, you know, been appreciative of what Coach Snyder done, the way he operates his program in the state of Kansas. And, you know, it, that job situation didn't work out, but, yeah, we did have a visit. Did he offer it to you? No, he didn't. So you didn't have to say? <laughs> no, no. Does it help? I mean, a couple weeks ago you had senior day here the emotions that were were involved with all that for a lot of these guys um does that help that that's kind of out of the way you, you, i mean this is the end you know this is their last game so does that all come back again or, or is that kind of we already did that now you can actually not worry about those distractions and just focus on this game yeah you know it, this i think the senior day does play out a little bit more when it's your final home game i think that you know walking out into your home field for the last time um, has some special meaning. Obviously, this is going to be their last game total, so there still is is a senior element to that. You know, obviously the K State will, um, you know, they got their seniors heading out as well. Um, so, you know, the, the the same things will apply to their their group of guys. But yeah, I think it's always a little bit of a, um, you know, a motivating factor. Just you know, for players to look and say, hey, this is it. It's the last time I'm putting this helmet on for sure. You know, and uh, so. You know, our seniors will be ready. They've been a tremendous group and been leaders throughout, so I'd expect the same from them for this game. Any different this week, how you treat it? I mean, obviously, a bowl's not in their future, so does this become that, a bowl game or anything like that? We're not talking about it like that, but I, um, we do have a point today. You know, in our meeting, we are going to educate our players about the history of this rivalry. I do want the, the, our players in this program to understand what's happened before in this rivalry, why it is a rivalry, you know, and, and you know, we, we have a, about a two-page sheet that we're going we're gonna to teach them about it because I think it's important that our, our players understand and know, you know, the history of Kansas football and, and in, in particular this rivalry. You've been around it so long and so many different facets. Why do you think it's so streaky? You know, one team will win three, four in a row and then the other will come back and win five, six in a row and, and it, it just – over time, it seems like it's kind of been that way. Is there any reason? Can you pinpoint the, the, the theory behind that? I uh, really don't. I think, you know, some of it, you know, prior to, you know, like both programs, a, a lot of um, turnover in coaching, you know. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, prior to Coach Snyder getting there, you know, K-State was similar to us and that, you know, quite a few different guys had, you know, taken the, the realm. So I think, you know, anytime you have stability in a program, um, that, that, that gives you a better chance of success, you know. So I think, you know, if I had any reason why, it'd probably be just a lack of, of stability at the head coaching position. As you said, you recruited Jake Scharf out of Salina. Um, it seemed like you always had his biggest games in Sunflower Showdown. Um, I know talent is always a big concern, but is it important having uh, Kansas kids on roster who understand like, the importance of this rivalry in the state? Oh, I, I believe it is. I, I think that... Um, you know, Kansas kids are, are a little bit more in tune to, to the rivalry. You know, they grew up, you know, hearing the, the same things. Like, you know, I hear that your buddies are, you know, K-State fans, and they got their comments, and, you know, so it, it builds in you a little bit more as a, as a Kansas kid. So I think, um, 
if you're a Kansas player on either one of these rosters and you have to go home to a town to where there's going to be you know people you're going to see that, that have their opinions on, on which side they like, I, I think it does definitely mean a little bit more to a Kansas kid. Yeah, for the you know some of the young guys that that um, you know have redshirted or haven't played a lot, um, we do have some some guys who are um, I think going to be pretty good. You know, on, on the defensive side of the ball, um, I believe the defensive lineman DJ Williams is going to be a um, really good player for us. I think he'll be a um, a standout kind of guy um, on that side. Um, you know, there he will be on. I think uh, Jacob Bragg at offensive line on the other side of the ball has a chance to have a bright future. Um, you know, Kent Taylor, the transfer from Florida, um, is a talented young man. Um, who, you know, you guys haven't been able to see this year, but yeah, we've had we've had a few guys like that stand out. Does the mindset change for his defensive player once the opponent gets inside the red zone? And why has Kansas been so good inside the red zone? It, it does change. It's a, it's a different mentality throughout the board. You know, you always talk about when the when the field shrinks. You know, as DBs, uh, you're able to, to change the way that you cover people. You know, you no longer have to defend from basically being on top of a person, being on the top working down. You know, as a, as a DB, you can challenge people a little bit more knowing that there's a limited amount of space they can run away from you, so you pl end up, you know, changing your red zone technique in that way. You know, the whole field shrinks, so, you know, the over-the-top passes, those, those intermediate passes become less of a, a factor because, you know, they can't get that little dead area right behind. So we talk about it all the time. It's one thing that we talk about. Once we hit the red zone, um, you know, we know that the, the, the game becomes in our advantage, and we believe that, that, that you know, once a team enters you know, the 15-yard line, that we've gained a tremendous advantage as a defense, and, and we take pride in that. And, and uh, you know, it, it's, we, we've had some success this year forcing some field goals. Clint, you were on the same staff. Well, Tom served the same role I did once upon a time here as the interim head coach. You guys remember we, uh, um, he was our defensive coordinator here and coached our DBs. At that point in time, I was actually coaching uh, tight ends. I was on the other side of the ball here, but then Tom you know, did inherit the, um, you know, the interim head coaching role. And uh, you know, Tom, a, a veteran defensive coordinator, you know, he spent all those years at UCLA um, as a defensive coordinator, been around you know several places. Uh, a very smart, detailed um, person. Does it, you know, Tom does a nice job, well-respected coach in the business. The game's over Saturday. How soon do you hit the road recruiting? Um, how odd is it at that point you don't know whether you're going to be the coach or not? Well, we will. We'll be out on the road recruiting next week. You know, we'll be uh, visiting those uh, young men who are committed to us. Um, and so we'll, we'll get out and about, um, you know, early next week at, at some point in time and, and continue to, to sell all the things that there are uh, positive about Kansas to sell regardless of, of the head coaching situation. You know, there's, there's still a tremendous amount of positives and, and reasons that those young men chose to come to Kansas in the first place, and we'll just continue to, to build on those and, and, and work hard to keep those commitments solid. In, in September when you stood up there after accepting the interim job, you, know, you said, hey, I'm ready for this. It has been a tremendous experience. It's one that, that 
that um, truly is hard to understand um, what what how many things are going to come at you at different angles. Um, I've learned a lot about myself. Learned a lot about dealing with people. Learned, you know, mostly about the leadership part of, of what it takes. You know, this this position is a leadership position. You lead, you lead people in in different avenues from players, the coaches, the support staff, to to fans. It's a it's a leadership spot, and uh, you know, so that part's been it's been good. It's been rewarding because you realize that that you can have an impact on on people's lives. You know, you impact a program and impact a lot of things. But it, it um, you know, learned a, a lot through it. Learned a lot about you know, you know, ways to manage time, ways to do things more efficiently, ways to, to, to you know, you, you end up making decisions. You make a lot of decisions every day, and so you, you learn to, what to base them on and how to move on. You learn to use the people around you, the help that's provided. Um, you know, you learn to lean on other people and, and get advice. And there's been countless things that I've learned in the last eight weeks. Yeah, when you look at that, do you almost laugh that eight weeks ago you said I'm ready because. You've obviously learned a ton about it. I mean, I'm sure you were in a lot of ways, but is it hard to believe that you could feel that way now that you've learned all this stuff along the way? Yeah, yeah, it does. You know, I mean, you 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 know, you do you know those things. You know how you're going to handle them, and then you you know you get to put them in place, and it, it it does. It just you know, there's a lot of rewarding things about it. I believe we accomplished a lot through the through those eight weeks. I think our players have been unbelievable, and and uh, but yeah, eight weeks uh, went by pretty pretty fast. I mean, it's one of the things you learned that. There's a reason that uh, head coaches are generally usually head coach, not head coach slash defensive coordinator. That is probably the biggest lesson I learned. Um, that is, in my opinion, a virtual impossibility. Um, it, it's it's just too trying. There's just too much time commitment for both positions. Um, you know, I I, I think. Um, you know, I know some guys have the head coach coordinator role, and I believe that a lot of times in those situations, there's a there's a guy behind the scenes doing a, a lot of the work, and and one guy standing on game day calling it and, and appearing to to be the guy that did all the work. Um, I personally don't know how 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 you could survive in in that dual capacity. I I um, did learn that you, you, uh, that's tough. Um, yeah, I don't really notice that they're going in an extended period of time. You know, I think the style of football that's being played is obviously leading to that. You know, teams are, are running a lot more plays. A lot more of those plays are passing plays, which stop the clock a lot more often. But, you know, I mean, the average number of plays is, you know, getting higher and higher. You know, you're getting up there in the 85s uh, per game. So, um, you know, the style of play, that as fast as it is, um, and as much passing, I think, has created some of those um, time deals. I don't know. I, I guess the, the big thing to me is that it's, um, you know, it's all it's always about the team. It's always about KU. It's about KU football. Um, it's about our players and our program and the people that, that support us. And, and 
just be remembered as someone that, that, you know, that's what I buy into. That's what I believe. That's what I was taught from my high school coach through, uh, you know, Glenn Mason through all. It's about the team, and, and uh, you know, that's the way it always be. Somebody touched on this a little earlier, talking about Kansas kids on the roster and that kind of thing, but did, did you give those guys, uh, whether it's Michael Reynolds or Ben Heaney or, or you know, whoever else, um, did they get a little more role this week because of this rivalry and in terms of speaking to the team or saying something, you know, like, how Jake and, and Kerry and Stucky and those guys did? Yeah, we, you know, we always keep it open. Um, you know, anytime a, one of our players wants to stand up and say something, he doesn't have to be that. It can be any one of them that, you know, doesn't have to be a Kansas guy. But, you know, I always want them to take ownership in their team and, and feel that, you know, they have that role. So. Do you have any other questions? No, right, without there being any other questions, I would um, like to address this final you know, what's going to be the final press conference as the interim deal here and uh, make some comments about it. You know, the, the first thing I'd like to do is, is thank um, uh, Chancellor Gray Little and, and Dr. Zinger for what has turned out to be just a, a truly amazing opportunity uh, to represent Kansas and Kansas football in this capacity. It's, um, it's, it's meant a lot to me. It's been a very rewarding experience and one I'll never forget. Um, you know, uh, Separate note, you know, a special thanks to Dr. Zinger, who, you know, never left me behind in this process one bit, was right behind me. Every decision I had to make was here to support me throughout the whole thing. Um, you know, anytime I needed anything, Dr. Zinger was, was right there to answer my call and, and, and help through the whole process along with, with, with several other people. You know, or I'd like to thank our, our assistant coaches, um, you know, and our support staff who through a very difficult time, uh, and it is a difficult time for a lot of those people, uh, continue to be professional and work hard and do what was right for Kansas and Kansas football and, and our players. And then I'd also like to mention our players. Um, you know, I, you guys don't always get to know them at a personal level, but in this program we have some unbelievable character and some unbelievable young men who through this whole deal, which is difficult for them as well, continue to fight and battle and do everything they could to represent this university, which they'll continue to do for one more week. Uh, but the players have been great. You know, on the – the head coaching search deal, I've been asked several times um, my thoughts on it and what I think and how it affects me and, and, and those deals, and I've never really made a comment about it. Um, I've never made it a secret that, or, or didn't let it be known that, that I would like to have this job, but like I mentioned earlier, the point of this whole thing, it isn't about me. It's not ever going to be about me. It's about this team, this university, and this football program. Um, Dr. Zinger has a great plan in a process in place to find and hire the best person possible to lead this program uh, forward. Uh, when the selection is made, you know, I truly believe this. It's time for everybody to put their full support behind that decision. Um, the last eight weeks, you know, we referred to it earlier, the last eight weeks, you know, we, we've worked hard to get our players in this program to understand that it's never about one individual. It's about the team. It's about this program. It's about this university. And they always need to learn to put their personal agendas aside and do what's best for the team at all times. Um, we all know that KU football is a program that should be successful and will be successful in a power conference. Um, very capable of doing that. And, they, you know, the bottom line is only be done when the KU alumni, the fans, the support staff, administration, coaches, players, when we all start working together as a team. As, as with one goal to make Kansas a successful program, and and that's you know when this decision is made, that's what everyone needs to do. So thank you. Thanks, Doug. Thanks.